Hi there. Welcome to How to Break Free from Alcohol and Cocaine. My name is Will, and on the 16th of May 2018, I decided to stop drinking. Throughout this podcast, I'm going to take you on a journey from my darkest moments with alcohol and drugs all the way to what life looks like now. I hope you enjoy this, but even more so, I really hope it helps. Welcome back. So on today's episode, I want to talk a little bit more specifically about how I broke free from it. How did I go from that point where I was so low and so lost in it to suddenly breaking free? Now, when I stopped drinking, I was still surrounded by friends and colleagues and even my work. It all revolved around alcohol and drinking. So in order to get out of this, I had to be smart. And I've always been someone who hates overcomplexity. I like to make things as simple and straightforward as possible. I just wanted to make some smart and logical decisions that would help my mindset and not feel like it was an uphill battle. It seems to be this huge misconception that stopping drinking is incredibly difficult to near impossible. The more we hear that and the more we believe that, the more it becomes a reality. What if you change your mindset and think, do you know what? This could be incredibly easy. I don't focus on the negatives, I focus on the positives because that's all there is. All that comes from this is positives. So first I had to take a couple of weeks not drinking. Obviously I'd got to a point where I was in such a bad place, I was highly motivated to get out of there. So for the first two weeks, I pushed through. I can get out of this, I can stop drinking, this is it. And these two weeks without drinking were crucial to give me the clarity of thinking in order to go to the next step. My thinking now became more clinical and it was less emotional. I wasn't trapped inside my head, there was no more fog. I was now free to use logic to find my way out of this maze. And I remember being there on a Sunday morning with myself and I would think logically about my situation. What is the most important question I need an answer to? Why? Why do I drink? Why do I feel the need to drink? Why do I feel tempted? Why do I succumb to pressure? I had to dig down to understand what it was that led me back there every time. I had taken breaks before, and through those breaks, I was motivated. I thought, no, I'm going to do this. Let's go for another week and another week. And the whole way I'd be thinking, oh, I really want to drink, but no, push through, push through. And eventually, I would crack. I would succumb to either temptation or to pressure. And so I thought, let me think back. When was the last time I tried to stop drinking? And what happened? A couple of years before, I tried dry January. And I got all the way to January 31st, 8pm. I was four hours away from doing it completely. And I always think that dry January is never actually perfect because normally you're still drinking on the 1st. And the temptation was just too high. I couldn't resist and I ended up having a drink. And I remember that night I ended up going so hard that I went out all night long and I went straight to work the following day without any sleep. I remember turning up and my colleagues looking at me like I was a mess. My shirt was on inside out and completely creased. My eyes were blood red and my hair was all over the place. I looked pale and couldn't focus. So I thought, okay, let me use this time as an example. 
Why did I go back to it? Even after a month. I remember during that time, I used to brag about it. I used to tell people how good I felt and I was so smug about it. But if I really felt that good, why did I want to go back to it? What was it that kept leading me back? So I knew once I figured out this, I could change my mindset to make sure it doesn't happen again. Like I've said before, I came to realize that alcohol and drugs were a tool and it's what I used to escape. That was the appeal of it. I can disappear from the world even if it's just for a few hours. I can finally switch off. But the next question was, why did I want to switch off? Why did I feel the need to escape? Was it stress? Was it anxiety? Was it because I wasn't happy? Turns out it was actually all of them. So I thought, okay, let me dig deeper. Why was I not happy? And I believe it's because I was not where or who I wanted to be in my life. This is not where I saw myself ending up when I was 10 years old. This was not where I really wanted to be. And I thought, okay, let's dig even deeper. Why wasn't I where I wanted to be? Why wasn't I who I wanted to be? And it's because I was always drinking and I was always high. So often I never gave myself a chance to become that person or to get to that place. I realized that I was drinking because deep down I'm unhappy with who I am because I'm drinking. It was a vicious circle. And before I realized that it's a vicious circle, there's no way to break free from it. I'm unhappy with who I am and where I am, so I drink. And because I drink, it makes me even more unhappy with who I am and where I am. So I had to break this temptation cycle. How do I get out of it? And then I remembered. I thought back to a book that I had read a few years earlier. And during this time, during my drinking days, reading books was not common. I reached a crossroads with my smoking and I wanted to break free from it. Someone had told me about a book called The Easy Way to Stop Smoking. And I thought, fine, let me give it a go. And in this book, the author would tell you to personify your temptation for a cigarette. You should see it as a small monster living inside you and it's hungry and it only wants cigarettes. Now, the longer you go without feeding that monster, without giving it a cigarette, the smaller and the quieter it will become. However, once you feed it and you give it that cigarette, it will grow larger and louder and it will always want more and more. I love this analogy and I thought, I'm going to use this with the temptation I have to drink, the temptation I have to take drugs and escape. Now, like I said, at this point, I was only two weeks into not drinking. My motivation was still high, but I knew if I was in this for the long run, I had to get this sorted. I had to understand as deep as I could why I was tempted and why I would cave to pressure. Once I realized this, I knew I was safe. Now, after I read that book, I actually stopped smoking for nine months. And I remember thinking, wow, I've cracked the code. I've figured it out. But then after nine months, in a moment of complacency, I decided I would have a cigarette. I was at work, I got offered one, and I thought, fine, let me have one. It might help me feel a bit less stressed. I felt like I'd already beaten it. So surely there's no way to go back to it. I knew the secret now. But a week later, I was buying my daily packet of 20 cigarettes. I was right back into it. Pretty soon I'd completely forgotten that I ever took a break. And all it took was one cigarette to take me back there. This is when I realized the power of one. One is the worst amount of cigarettes to have. One is the worst amount of drinks to have. 
because that one will always lead you back to wherever you left off. So I realized I just have to avoid that one. But how? Okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to push myself into tempting situations purely just so I can see how I react, how I think, and how I can get through it without drinking. This would prove to me that I had control over that little monster inside me, and I could make him smaller and quieter until he completely disappeared. And you know what? It worked. So simple, yet it was so effective. And once I didn't feel any temptation anymore, that's when I had it so deeply ingrained into my mindset that I could never go back to it because I can never have one. Because if I have one, I'll be right back there. Maybe it'll take a week. Maybe it'll take a month. Maybe it'll take a year. But it's a certainty. This was the lesson I had not learned for so many years. And finally, I had learned it. I cannot have alcohol. I would actually start to think of alcohol as something I'm allergic to. I can't even have a sip because it has serious negative consequences on my life. I even used to say this and still do in restaurants. When the waiter says, does anyone have any allergies? I'll say, yeah, alcohol. And every single time I say it, they laugh. Everyone laughs. Sometimes the waiter would even say, hey, yeah, me too. And it's interesting because knowing the industry like I do, allergies are taken so seriously because they can be deadly. But as soon as you say you're allergic to alcohol, it's a bit of a joke. I found it very useful for myself to face tempting situations rather than shying away from them. The more I did, the quicker I lost that temptation. Like I said, I was working in the bar for six months after I gave up. And don't get me wrong, in the early days, I would feel a bit of temptation. At the beginning of the night, everyone's dressed up looking glamorous, the drinks look amazing, the atmosphere is excitable and electric. You can tell that everyone is ready for a good night. At that moment, I would think, oh yeah, maybe a drink would be nice. But as soon as everyone was a few drinks in, that whole scene changed. Not so glamorous anymore. And every time it would make me realize how grateful I was that I wasn't caving to this monster inside me. I had to rewire my entire brain and my thought processes as to what I truly want deep down. Did I really want to end up in that place again and again? Or did I finally want to break free? I had to start thinking in the long run, not trying to get that instant pleasure. I wanted to be healthy. I wanted to be happy. I wanted to be financially free. And I knew that going back to drinking would never get me there. So I'm not tempted to have that. Instead, I'm tempted to go to bed early. I'm tempted to go to the gym every morning. I'm tempted to stay on top of my life. And I'm tempted to progress in every way that I can. That is what tempts me now. And I still get the questions, are you never tempted to go back to it? Well, am I not tempted to end up back in a world of pain, a world of shame and feeling guilty? Nah, that doesn't really do it for me anymore. So as well as the many times that I tried to stop drinking, I also saw so many other people try to stop. And everyone I saw, including me, would always fall down at the same things. And one of the biggest ones was social pressure. Now, what's so fascinating about this is that I found that there were actually two different types of pressure. You had the internal pressure and the external pressure. Now, you might be thinking that internal pressure is temptation. It's the same thing, right? But it's not. 
Temptation is the feeling that you want to drink, whereas internal pressure is the feeling that you have to have a drink. It was only once I became comfortable enough talking about my journey and how I broke free that I found this out. I remember sitting at a lunch and there was a girl sat on the same table as me, dining by herself. And we got to talking. And she asked me what I did for a living. And I said, I'm building my business to help people to break free from alcohol and drugs. She then responded saying how hungover she was. So I said, okay, what did you do last night? Well, I went to go meet a group of friends and because they were all drinking, I just felt pressured into drinking myself. Oh, so they pressured you into it? Um, well, no, not exactly. All oh, right. So what did they say? Well, actually, they didn't say anything. Wait, so why did you feel pressure? Well, I guess because everyone else was drinking, I felt like I had to. And I found this interesting. No one put pressure on her, but she still felt pressure. Many people I've spoken to since this feel the same. They feel this internal pressure that they have to drink just because they think other people are going to want to as well. And it's this preconception we have in our minds which blocks us. It limits us. We're scared of the reaction we might get if we tell our friends we're not drinking. And the best way to avoid this is just to drink. But what if everyone else in your group felt this way? And I realised the amount of times I started to hear this, there's a good chance that many people in a group also don't want to drink. Imagine having a whole group of friends that go out and they all drink even though they don't want to, just because they're worried that the other person might put pressure on them. And this became even more apparent when I started hanging around with people who would say to me, it's so nice being with you because I don't feel the pressure to drink because I know you don't. And for me, I wasn't even thinking about it. I thought that's crazy. It just shows that it is on your mind. You're thinking about it. Now, I know it can be hard to speak up against a group of your friends because of what they could say or what could happen. But from what I've seen, the chances are that there's several people out there that also do not want to drink. And as soon as one person says it, it encourages the other people to speak up and say that they don't want to either. But also the reactions are usually the opposite of what you think they're going to be. That's internal pressure. Now, the other form of pressure, the external pressure, is the one that I think most people struggle with. And this is also where I've struggled in the past. Now, I think the first time I ever tried to stop drinking, I always thought that if I don't drink, then I cannot go to social events, I cannot go to parties, I can't do anything because there's too much pressure. And it's a fear that I would just start drinking again. And I didn't want that to be the case when I finally did stop. I don't want to feel like I can't be somewhere or can't attend something because of fear. I want to make sure I'm comfortable in every situation and I do not feel pressure. However, I would still advise that if you're new to sobriety and you're trying to give it up for good, then it is good to take a few weeks out of any tempting situations. It helps you to get a better understanding of what you're doing and you can solidify your why and get back into the scene fully armed and fully prepared along with the right mindset and the best vocabulary to communicate it. However, I wanted to understand, how do I handle the pressure? Why is it even there in the first place? If you were to go to dinner and tell your friends that you're not eating gluten because you don't feel good after it, you wouldn't have the whole table super disappointed saying, come on, Will, just have one piece of bread. Go on, I'll stop you after that. It's not going to be fun eating bread alone. How about a crouton? I was hoping we could share a bowl of pasta. It would be weird. However, when we say we're not drinking alcohol, 
we suddenly enter into this barrage of questions and interrogations and guilt trips. Why? I really wanted to understand. And there was a very, very easy way for me to do that. Me. Over the years of running a bar, I would regularly have guests come in and tell me they were going to have a break. They're going to take a break from the booze. They're doing a hundred days sober, all these different things. And for some reason, I would instantly lash out. Oh man, that's so boring. Don't do that. I used to send shots of tequila to those guests to try and tempt them back into it. I would tell others around them what they're doing to try and increase the pressure on them. I was that person. I'm not proud of that. But I was the one that would put pressure onto people. So I knew that if I could understand why I was doing it, I would understand why others do it too. And the answer was simple. I didn't like the idea that they were bettering their life because I couldn't. If I accepted that alcohol was really that bad for you, it meant admitting that I was not the best version of myself. Every time someone said they're taking a break, it would just shine a light onto my own drinking. And I'd never done that before. I'd never faced it. I'd never analysed it. I didn't want to accept it. And it's just like the analogy of crabs in a bucket. As soon as one tries to escape, we just claw them and drag them back into us. We don't want other people to succeed if we're not doing it ourselves. And I still think this is a really horrible human trait. We should encourage others. We should inspire others. And we should do that for ourselves as well. And I'm ashamed to admit that sometimes it worked. My pressure would get people drinking again. I was the reason that others struggled to break free, just like me. Maybe this is the reason why I feel such a drive and a passion to help people, maybe to try and balance out the cosmic scales and become a better person. But the positive that came from this was I found my answer. It was a projection. I used to project my own insecurities onto others who were doing something that I couldn't do myself. If someone says they're not drinking, why should that affect my life in any way? It's nothing to do with me. Yet we still seem to lose our minds and guilt trip people back into it to make us feel better about ourselves. If a friend said to you, they're super stressed, work is really tough and they need a holiday. For their mental health, they need to get out. We would say, yeah, good idea, look after yourself. Health is number one. But if you say I'm taking a break from alcohol because it makes me more stressed, fills me with shame and I'm spending all my money on it, would a caring friend actually say, no, don't do that. Just come and have another one. It's fine. Stop being overdramatic. This isn't my opinion, but this is just logic. Surely a friend is someone who wants what's best for you. And funnily enough, for most people I've seen who stop drinking, this is a major hurdle to try and tell your friends about it. However, the reaction for the majority is incredibly positive and very supportive against our preconceptions and our beliefs. Think about it logically. You're improving your mental health, your physical health, your bank account, and your life. Why wouldn't a true friend be happy for you unless they were jealous that they couldn't do it too? And if they're not happy about it, are they really a friend? And it was when I realized that all pressure is just a projection. I knew that the more that someone would get upset with me not drinking, the more I knew that they were in a rut themselves. And the reactions on the whole were actually quite different from what I expected. I didn't get much negativity. I still got some, but it was easy to handle. Most people were just like, wow, yeah, good for you. I wish I could do that. I think also the secret was to speak confidently about it. 
I'm sure if I had gone in half-hearted and really unsure of what I was doing, it would be like hyenas picking off the weak calf. They would have jumped all over me and got me back there. But because I went in so confident saying, no, I don't drink anymore, this is it. I feel so much better. Life is better. People couldn't argue with it. Now, it's quite inevitable that if you're in a world of drinking and drugs, your social circles, they probably follow suit. One of the biggest fears is, how do you fit in? How do you fit into a world of drinking if you don't drink? It might be quite integral to your friendship circles. But does that mean you're always going to limit your true potential just so you can fit in with a group of others who also might not be happy with their situation? For me, I hated the idea that I would get to the end of my life knowing I could have been better, I could have been happier, I could have done more good, but I sacrificed it just to fit in because I was worried what other people thought of me. I can assure you that since I've stopped drinking, all of my relationships have improved beyond belief. I still lost touch with people, but it was still for the better. Those were people that enabled me, and I enabled them. However, before you start to think, I might lose my friends, just have a think. Are they your true friends? Do they want what's best for you? Would they be there for you in an emergency? And would they be happy if you decided to improve your life? Thank you for listening. If you or someone else you know struggles with alcohol, cocaine or any other drug, then please reach out for help. You can find the link to my online course, the online community and all the coaching programs both on this podcast description or by clicking the link on my social media profile. Trust me, you are not alone and there is a way out. All you need to do is make that first step. I hope you enjoyed this, but even more so, I really hope it helps. Thank you.